0: Welcome to Off Watch, a podcast by The Ocean Race. This week, it's the turn of Anamika Bess, somebody who featured in the last edition of the race, being on board Team Sun Hung Kai Scallywag, but also somebody that was there for the trials of Team SEA and as a multiple Olympian with a silver medal, someone with an important story to tell. After representing the Netherlands in three Olympic Games and coming home with a silver medal in the killboat class, Anamika Bess added a circumnavigation of the planet to her sailing CV, racing in the last edition of the race with Team Sunhunkai Scallywag. However, she has, for a while at least, been involved with two other ocean race teams, Team SCA in the 2014-15 edition, missing out on the final crew selection, and... Team Axe and Abel, before joining David Witt's Skellywag. Uh, Anamika, thank you very much for joining me. Um, it was interesting when I was remembering back as your time in the race and thinking about the teams that you have been involved with and you, maybe you didn't make the cut, maybe it wasn't the right team for you, and then you find yourself with um, Skellywag. How, how much motivation were you putting into I've got to find the team that's right for me because so many people would say the first team that gives you a shot, take it, do the race. But you seem to be searching for something that was just right.
1: Um maybe it looked like that, but uh to be honest, <laughs> not completely. But uh I came from Olympic sailing. Um in 2012 I did my last Olympics and then um, I got the opportunity to go to uh, uh, come on trial at uh, Team SJ and uh, actually uh, I didn't know that much about <laughs> ocean racing. Basically, I never uh, uh, sailed uh, yeah during the night, funny enough, <laughs> after three Olympics. <laughs> 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 yeah. And the cool thing was actually, uh, yeah, it was a big opportunity to go there and just, uh, so I stepped on a 4 70 um, Maybe I did a few a small events regattas in Holland, but that was it. About it. And but uh, how did
0: you how did you know that you were going to like it then? Because as you say, no, you, no, you did, never no. sailed overnight. How did you know? No, no. Yeah, I'm going to give no, it a no.
1: go. I knew, I knew, like sailing. I knew, like you know, I I I'm, I really enjoy having a good challenge for sure. Because otherwise, you're not. And I'm I'm hooked to Olympic sailing. um yeah, because otherwise you don't do, I think, three Olympics or uh, three Olympic cycles. So it was actually uh, like, uh, okay, uh, what should I do now? And this came on my path. And then uh, I stepped on that boat and I, it was just, I thought, well, well, this is actually, and that's actually the cool thing of our sport, you know, like there's so many, uh, yeah, uh, possibilities. There. Mm. So you, know, you can, you can, yeah, like offshore uh, Olympic, whatever. Uh, everything is always possible. Um, so um, yeah, I just stepped on board, um, and it was kind of interesting for me because suddenly I was standing up in a, a, a yeah international team. I was only uh, experienced. Yeah. In sailing in my own language, in in a small Dutch team, and I at that time, I thought my Alias six meter was already a big boat. So <laughs> I just need to, um, yeah. So it was a great uh, opportunity uh, to learn, and I I can remember I stepped on the boat, and then one of the first maneuvers uh, we were at way too many because it was a training with a lot of coaches, and uh, one of the coaches at that time was. Um, Uh, uh, Magnus Olsen and he um, yeah the famous uh, sweet fortunately he passed away and he was actually from the beginning because he saw me like trying to find a spot to do something like uh, uh, something you know you you do a tech but okay all positions were filled and he was like Bessie, come here, come standing in the back on the boat. I did six of these races, and I still don't have a clue just just watch and then and that was actually broke the ice for me. that was my first very first experience on the uh yeah in a team and on a sort of yacht uh like that, and from then, I just tried to learn and just to um yeah enjoy a big team, setting uh like all the different cultures and then yeah, I just, um, got into it. Uh, they keep me there not because of my offshore <coughs> experience, <laughs> but more for like uh, my attitude because, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the positive thing from Olympic sailing, you know, you know, like if you, yeah, to work hard and, uh, yeah, just put in, put in a, a yeah, positive attitude. And I, I must say, I really enjoyed the big team. So, um, yeah, so I just, Took it on, and then, uh, yeah, I almost made the final cut to make the team. I didn't, but it was for me. It was like a, you know, like a, um, yeah, a really nice kickstart. To how
0: did how did it change um, be, being a, you know, I, I I hate to bring this up, you know, the the female sailor thing, but but I, I just wonder how how it changed in in terms of. The race has never said you can't bring females, but we've got to be honest. In the past, a lot of the male skippers have overlooked a lot of the female talent. You have one boat, Team SEA, and surely it, it would feel like that's your one chance. Then for the next edition, the race incentivized to take mixed gender and suddenly a lot more opportunities open up. Did you feel suddenly like there's, there's more chance for the next one?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always, um, uh, followed like, um, yeah, the, the full ocean race or, um, uh, America's cup. And yeah, it's, it's just, for me, uh, to, to, to compete on the highest level was only Olympic sailing. So that's why I, why I put my focus on that. It was actually pure log- logical thinking. And yeah, this is what what I, it was in my hands to do, and then this opportunity appeared and then yeah, things changed.
0: And so T Max and Nobel, that's where you that's where you signed up first. Um yeah, Dutchy sailor, Dutchy team, it all it all it all seems pretty good. But for whatever reason that doesn't seem like the right fit. And I I really want to let you sort of tell this story yourself because there's there's so much about the scallywags, and David Witt that you you know, you love him, you, you disagree with him, whatever. But actually, I think at the core there's a really strong ethos about that team that is really impressive. So so then I mean, so this, this is the interesting bit, and I think this is the bit of the story that a lot of people don't hear because David Witt was um, unfairly, in you know, I think unfairly cast as the villain in the beginning of the race, the person who didn't want females on his boat, oh, I'm not sailing with females on his boat, but actually somebody who had had females on boats that he's owned, that he's sailed. I mean, like yourself as well, you know, you'd know, sailed, uh, sailed with him before. So uh, were there conversations while the media were saying, oh, David Witt doesn't want women, he's not going to sail with any women. Were you already sort of talking to him? I mean, at what point did that switch kind of take place?
1: yeah um actually um, yeah so, yeah just to explain how we met because uh, as I told you after the SEA campaign I really I really got into the offer sailing and I and my goal was to be in the next race so um, I think one of the years in between I went actually all of them I went in winter Dutch winter I went to uh, Sydney to uh, gain experience uh, so I uh, By by uh, yeah through um, friends I got on the TP fifty two the ragamuffins at that time and uh, that was actually a a real nice team but they were mostly training in uh, you know uh, beside their jobs and in the weekends Mm -hmm. and then there was also a a ragamuffin hundred the super maxi um led by uh, uh witty so um and they were yeah they were just trying to get the boat ready for the whole and for me i yeah as i was there to gain experience anyway i was like you know i I fell in a in in a box with with sweets yeah <laughs> <laughs> I could see really bad with this
0: <laughs> no, I mean I mean a maxi one hundred is is pretty high on anybody's list of uh, a yeah. uh, that's a cool boat
1: yeah yeah, so uh, so actually, uh, yeah, suddenly, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I just, I was like, okay, can I help? And, and they were like, uh, who is this <laughs> Dutch girl from Holland? <laughs> uh, but then actually, yeah, it was, uh, we had an, yeah, I just fitted in that, well, in the group and uh, they basically adapted me at that time. So I had a great time, learned heaps. R-
0: when you talk about it, it reminds me that, of course, all the other teams come together for the ocean race and then after the ocean race you sort of go your other way but the scallywags are sort of this group of at one level friends at another level professional athletes and over multiple boats multiple campaigns um witty was always saying about the team ethos you know never say never you know we never give up uh this whole thing about no matter what happens win lose whatever we're going to do it together. That idea of sort of team and loyalty. Um, how accurate is that? Is that what it's like?
1: Oh, especially during the the vote, during the race. Yes, yeah. And I think what Witty said uh, to us, and and that's that's what I really believed. Is like he picked all of us, and he said, "Well, I don't pick the best uh, sailors on paper, but I pick the uh, the best people." Who i want to sail around the world with it and that is was uh yeah how it was um at that time so uh yeah you i felt really coming home in a team and you know i could be myself could be you know do whatever yeah and that was and of, of course uh yeah we had something in mind like we want to um grow and improve and yeah the team started I think pretty late in the sixty fives, but
0: then mm. yeah, during the race we, yeah, improved. Steve Hales um, steps aside. Um, Fontes is then uh, navigator. I mean, and his story of the of the race is quite incredible. He sort of jumps on with Team in about the last minute before the start line. Suddenly, he's a navigator for, for you guys. But when Libby comes on board, it seems like um, something really amazing happens in the boat. It would be very easy to say, "Ah, it was all libby, but of course it's never that easy um was it was it a bit of luck on that leg that, that made you go, "Oh, this is good, and then suddenly the confidence came from there, was it having the extra pair of hands? what was it that worked
1: actually I would I how I felt it and I remembered it was already you know we were already in an um, yeah, going up as a team. So basically, um, yeah, every, so we started the leg from Cape Town to Melbourne, as uh, Antonio, so we were at eight, going into the Southern Ocean, Uh, we were at eight, and um, yeah, funny enough, enough, uh, well, for me, it was my first time in the Southern Ocean, Um, but we were actually pretty low on people because uh, we didn't well if you're already eight instead of nine and then someone is not able to uh yeah do something on deck so yeah so we were we're we were not with a lot of people and um i can remember one moment we went into a jibe and i i said witty was on the wheel and we were all you know lining up for a maneuver and he's like okay feel the pumps hey here's a spot free come on feel the pumps and we're like this is it you know and uh, and this is how we sailed it. so actually we were yeah i can remember uh, we were reefing with three people you know we were all three deep people on deck we we reefed with only three people with 20 30 knots of breeze you know um so basically what we did was like um yeah i think it was pretty yeah especially what we did on that leg and then what happens in melbourne we got uh Libby on boards and tristan came um antonio because he's broken his arm mm. he off, and then we suddenly had a full team and uh we didn't leave melbourne that that really that fancy but then you felt like the five in the team and uh um uh, like oh this is actually oh actually you have more you know it, because you had such a it was such a tough work on getting, getting to um melbourne it, it was suddenly it was like oh actually this is this is working you know and things get smooth because we as a team we we already grow and then yeah the, uh adding libby and uh tristan it's just uh i was just and um, Grant Warrington was on board also. So we had like a, yeah, with like a solid a combination of people and yeah, that's.
0: How, how did it look for you, um, Libby and David working together? Uh, because I can imagine that when you're working with someone like David, and he's not somebody I know very well, so I might be being very unfair here, but he seems like somebody that when you're working with him and it's going good, it's great. But when you're working with them and it's a little bit rough, it's really bad, you know. Highs and lows. Was that a a partnership that worked good from the first start? Line?
1: Yeah, I don't think is not isn't isn't that up and down, or uh, you know, he of course, you know, all of us we have our moments, but I, yeah, no, I think it, um, yeah, it's just new a new combination of people, and I think at that moment uh, it was. Um, Nice to have Libby, and she's really like uh, A is A, B is B, and <laughs> and, uh, and that combination. I think, yeah, they had to find maybe each other a little bit, but I think they they found each other, and maybe uh, Grant was a, a a nice add to to that combination of you know decision making. I must say uh, for uh, uh, the big part, I just tried to sell as fast as I could in a team and just completely trust them to do the right decisions. Yeah, so that's how it looked for me, yeah.
0: Oh, and then, and then when you say, you know, trust them to make the right decisions, there were so many decisions on that leg in particular. And I did interview Libby about it. And she, if anybody's listening to this and wants to hear a bit more from her point of view, she gives a really interesting talk about some of the major bits in that leg. Um, but one of the things that I'm just wondering about from a crew point of view, what was it like when you were told actually, we need to stop, turn around and go back the other way or we're going to hit this island.
1: Yeah. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah. I thought that it's not fast. <laughs> <laughs> it can be wrong here, but no, this could not be. This could be not the winning decision here, but this could be a losing decision here. Yeah, no, at the moment, you're less like, you know, because you, you hear it. And then you're you're going on deck and just do what you know, what your job is. You know, you're in there, you're racing, you're with your team and, uh, you know, we're human beings. And uh, when, you uh, yeah, human beings can make mistakes. So I was like, oh, okay, we've got something to do to catch up in the coming days. That was, yeah, just, you know, yeah, you can't be disappointed or, yeah, just, okay, get to deal with it.
0: Well, any mistakes... That were made were then made up for in fantastic style with the with the miles that you guys came up with and then i mean at one point you guys had an incredible lead on that leg
1: yeah yeah it was nice (laughs) (laughs) especially especially
0: on that leg as well i mean what 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 was what was witty's mood like compared with you know you're sailing into hong kong this is the one you've gotta if you're gonna win any leg for the sponsor, for the finance, for the people behind the team, this is the leg that really matters. And, and then you're not going to do it. Oh, we're so far back. And then now we, we really are. What was, what was it like when you thought we might get this? The one that matters.
1: Yeah, I don't think we dared to think like that for a long time. And that lag was like 22, 23 days. Yeah. So now I can remember because we still had to cross the equator and getting through the doldrums. And it was actually pretty big at that time because I can remember I was sitting with Libby and she was just showing me uh, satellite pictures of the the thickness of the cloud. So she was actually searching for a, a nice spot to go through it. And uh, normally going east is the, is the, the route, you know, uh, getting into the trade winds uh, out. But then, so, yeah, we were positioned on the left side, on the uh, west side of the, the fleet. So I can remember just saying, witty saying, they, they're not pointing to Hong Kong. Hong <laughs> Kong is the other way. We just, we're, we're going to... You know, we're sailing for days for uh uh you know, from Hong away from Hong Kong. We should go to Hong Kong and I'm like sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. So no, I was just uh, it was just such a um, yeah, um you know, and they, they watched the pictures, the 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 nuclear files and and of you know, and I just went with with what I saw. So it was just like completely logical in that moment. Uh, but then still, yeah, no, you, everything is possible because it's not a d- one-day race. It's like, you know, three weeks race. So yeah,
0: it it was. Um, I think I think for those people that maybe haven't been in a position of nav or, or certainly haven't raced down in that part of the world, it probably seemed like quite an easy decision to make. But as you describe, actually, this was a very brave decision, and it was you know a lot of a lot of science, a lot of knowledge went into it. Anybody that would have been thinking that on that leg, was it leg four, you guys were lucky? You know, you know, you were lucky. Then on the next leg, you guys finish second, I think it was, into Auckland, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, was this a case of when you get two results like that, back to back, are you thinking, this is it? We've got the speed. We've, you know, we've got the momentum.
1: Yeah, well, definitely it does, something with your team and with you, with the mood in the team, absolutely, and the vibe.
0: I, I remember that finish, and I remember, I mean, the whole fleet compressed. But I, I, I'll probably get torn to shreds here in the comments if I'm wrong. But I seem to remember sort of, you know, the top three boats finishing half an hour of each other less. You know, top. It was it was incredible. You know, it was it was absolutely amazing. i um, on the <laughs> for you guys on the boat. How does it feel when you go, you're racing for days, for weeks, almost months, and then you're going, oh my God, you know, if, if we'd have just given ourselves a bigger push off the dock at the start, we would have we would have won, you know?
1: Now, basically, I can remember one of the parts of that race was like uh, we were in a tucking duel with AXO. I think we were probably a week in or two weeks in at the lag. And then we, I can remember we were hiding under the stack, so they couldn't see, they were <laughs> making us ready to tech, just to be to leading in the next tech sort of match racing. And, uh, but just, you know, the fun we had just to do that stuff and, uh, and play around on the boat and, and try to boat get, yeah. Did, did, but it did
0: that seem silly? I mean, at the time, are you thinking, why are we working so hard for this one boat length? We're gonna sail, you know, we've got, we've got thousands of miles, or did you know it's gonna this this could be close?
1: Um yeah, well actually yeah uh, we were actually planning to win that leg too because you know, <laughs> you, can win one, you can win two. That was actually the mindset, you know. We were like, oh the, the difference was one cloud in that leg a few days before that, because we got stuck in that cloud and Axo could yeah, sail around it, and that's that's how they passed us. But uh, before that, it was super close, and after actually, also on the end.
0: It, it's something that I think made the last edition of the race. I mean, it's going to stand out for decades. People are going to talk about the 17, 18 edition because it was so close, and of course, the finish in the Hague was so close. But every leg was was so close, um, and that's wonderful for us fans. But that must be really hard work for you guys as sailors.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, I enjoyed it actually. Because, yeah, if you, if you, uh, it's nice to have a boat next to you to battle. Mm. And of course, it's nice to win. I, yeah, you have, well, there were some moments, of course, that, you know, a boat slips in between or, uh, ex- you know, in um, Newport uh, with, what's oh. uh, in, the, in the fog.
0: Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, it was close, but I think it's interesting for uh, for the uh, spectators. The, yeah, yeah. And for us, for me personally, I liked it. I like it. I won the same.
0: Well, oh, I'm really glad to hear you said that because it kept me busy, but it, it, it was good watching. Um, so in terms of the race, you know, at this point, you know, you guys have, you've got your leg win the leg that you needed to in terms of you know your home crowd what really mattered to your supporters you get a second place then then we go back into the southern ocean and obviously tragedy with with John Fisher um it's it's um when i was talking to Libby Greenhal about it and she was talking about after john um was lost and obviously racing gets put to one side you know other things in life become far more important um it was it was the time that you guys had lost there in terms of the other boats were still progressing and sort of moving forward um that really sort of meant that it was very hard for you to come back into a race at a similar performance level from where you were when did you feel like you could think about racing again when did you decide no i i want to keep going
1: um yeah yeah it was actually uh, yeah pretty tough that moment uh well um remembering it but um a tough rem- um memory um but when we sailed to uh Chile um yeah it was you know you, you every all the everything goes through your mind of course and I think for uh, yeah you see in a team like this because we had like a pretty um, you know, some young people, older. We uh, got a funny bunch of of people in our team, and I think Fish was like a really like gel for us, our team. And you know, just the guy who, um, yeah, who, who kept everyone uh, together. Um, and that was a big loss uh, in 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 any any way you can think of it so um so yeah and, and then you see people are um dealing differently you know with a situation like this and that is normal i think we're all yeah we're all human. so um yeah so it's um yeah it's of all a bit um yeah difficult from there you know you have to you have to keep on you want to finish the race um uh, for the, for the sake of finishing and um, for, you know, to, um, yeah, fin- ending this race, but you can't, you can't win the race anymore. You're not, uh, you know, you're so, yeah, I think we, we really tried to get into racing after that. And I felt for the rest, for my teammates also, that we really tried to, to get the performance, but then we just lost. We just missed, I don't know if it was a, a focus, or not completely on top of the game, and it it seems like we we just missed a, a bit of focus. Uh, if it's a goes according plan, you're you're on top of your game. You're you know you 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 wanna you be where you wanna be, and now we just lost it a little bit, and then we lost another bit, and then and that's what you saw in the race. Like we just just missed out uh, a few times in the last few legs but it was uh but we tried and we yeah we just kept the team together and um made the best out of it basically
0: it was quite amazing from my point of view i i'd never i'd never actually met um john fisher but it was quite amazing to see what effect his loss had um on on the whole community on all the other teams and all the other boats and everything what did it feel like for you guys on board uh, Team Sun-Hunkai Scallywag, to see how much it felt like everybody, fans, other competitors, everybody involved with the race, really wanted to remember John and really sort of keep him in their minds and keep him at the front of the race, you know, with the flags and the armbands and the logos and everything. What What was that like seeing that?
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, as well when we arrived in IT G, but uh, I pro- probably pronounced I still pronounce it wrong. That's
0: <laughs> oh, right, that's the way I pronounce it. <laughs>
1: um but um yeah, so the boat uh, so actually when we arrived in um uh Portamont in Chile, we we flew home just to have a, uh, yeah, just to go home for a bit. Um and um and uh, at the same moment uh, a shore crew uh, flew in uh to deliver the boat to to um
0: which is which is not an easy delivery i mean that's that's hard sailing you know going around the horn and everything
1: yeah yeah so uh, basically that was actually already really beautiful that they were important when we arrived because they were all skellywaggers or ragamuffin or you know people from the, from the old uh uh yeah team. Um, so they uh, so they sailed the boat around and then when they arrived we, we are uh we were already in uh Itadjai. and then like uh, all the other teams they just they said oh we you can have our shore crew and uh, uh we're going to help you to make sure you're gonna make the the start of the next leg. And there was something, yeah, very emotional and uh, um, beautiful to see uh, how the whole community stepped step forward and helped us. I never saw a boat em- get emptied and cleaned and out of the water in such a short time of, of yeah, period of time. Just yes, yeah, it always stays in my memory.
0: And um, uh, I mean, it was quite incredible to see. Yeah, to see that I remember witnessing that everybody lining up onto the pontoons and lining up round the dock to take all the gear off and everything. Um, when you guys then, like you say, you get back in the race and uh, you know, as, as Libby was describing it, you know, I think as you've said as well, you don't quite find that pace; you're just slightly off. You know, of course, I mean, I think, I think most people wouldn't have continued. Um, let, let's jump to the finish, and then you're coming in to. The Hague, and we we talk so much about the results in sailing, and we talk so much about oh, you know, finishing this and finishing that, and you know, taking a, an Elliot six meter or a Yingling around a windward leeward course isn't too impressive. You know, most people can get it around a course, but getting a sixty five foot boat round the world is pretty impressive, especially you know through some of the some of the parts of the world. You know, the searing hot, the cold, you know, the windy, the wavy. When you finish the race. What's that moment like where you go, it's, I've done it. You know, I am an, an ocean racer. I have completed this adventure.
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah, it was actually, I, I yeah, you probably expect something feeling like that, <laughs> but not really. No, I can remember uh, just before the, uh, we finished uh, Witty said, hey, pessy, get on the wheel because this is your country, you know? get to finish the point. It was so crowded at that time. And then I can remember I was like slightly, slightly stressing about the finish. And I I was just more thinking like, oh, this is probably typical me, you know, missing the finish line <laughs> after a forty five mile race. <laughs> yeah. Got it wrong. Yeah, I was just joking. But uh yeah, so there was more like uh yeah so we I found it. Um and um no, it was just impressive the amount of people and the, the feeling to be home, you know, like it's just so uh, unreal to be uh yeah, less than a year, but then uh, you know, further and you're 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 back in your your home garden and yeah, see your friends and family and yeah, it's no it's yeah, it's it's crazy but nice to,
0: f- to finish in your own country. Yeah, a, a real treat. And I mean, it's, like you say, it's less than a year, but a lot happens in that year. And I'm guessing you as a person changes a fair bit in that year, you know, you, you start the race having some experience, but like you say, you hadn't gone down to the Southern Ocean and everything. I mean, when you look back, um, how did the race change you? How did you go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a different sailor now, you know, in, in, in what way?
1: Um, yeah, no, of course, uh, yeah, I learned a lot of uh, uh, 65 racing and <laughs> yeah. the team and uh, all kind of, you know, uh, uh, team things. But uh, also, uh, I think it's more like knowing, start to know yourself a little bit better after a year. Um, if, I, if I now look back at the race, I'm like, how did I do that? yeah how how you know being so tired or being uh you know in a batch uh you know stuff happen happening and I, yeah i just i just did it um and that's funny so so it's more the awareness like oh actually I can do much more than than I ever thought I could, and that's a strong you know i can handle more things and um difficult situations than I thought before, so, yeah, amen.
0: <laughs> and I'm guessing, you know, next you've got, you've got a few opportunities then because, because like you say, you've proved to yourself that you can do it and you've proved to other people as well that you can do it. Um, but I wonder for someone like yourself who's been to three Olympic Games, who gets the Olympic racing, who understands that, now you've got something like offshore sailing, Albeit on a on a small scale, is now coming to the Olympics. What, what's your plans next? Where are we going to see you next time?
1: Um, good question. So uh, I uh, I absolutely not uh, shutting the door for another ocean race because after what all uh, what I uh, went through in the last race, I think now I know how, how to win it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking with a uh, with an. Uh, serious eye to the next uh, olympic uh, class the mixed double-handed i mean why not it's like everything i did in the last uh, 15 years Uh, olympic sailing um combined with offshore sailing so i think that's going to be really interesting it's it's going to be pretty costly so uh, uh yeah i'm now at the moment just to see if i can get the funding together uh to do it uh but hey yeah why not it's fun something new and i think it, it what is nice is um you know if you go into the double-handed uh mixed double-handed offshore um i think it's it's going to be uh, really uh worthful for ocean racing, you know, uh, the next ocean race also, because uh, in, in the ocean race, you're part of a big team. And uh, if you going into the uh, double-handed, you know, you have to be, you know, improving your navigation, your weather, mm-hmm. um, uh, all kinds of different uh, things. And I think that only, only can make you a better sailor. So, uh, interesting, yeah
0: well um i will be cheering you on if you if you get to to go to the game certainly um well listen good luck with that i'm I'm sure that that takes just as much work as it does to achieve what you've already achieved with your multiple uh, olympic appearances silver silver medal, as I said before, and of course um you competing in the last edition as well Anika,
1: thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. <laughs>